Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of Nostalgia Decoms Today. My name is Trevor Dion. With me, as always, is my brother, Kyle. Hello. And we are also joined by returning special guest, Haley. Heyo. Today, we're talking about a movie that seems to take a little bit of inspiration from a couple of 90s slash early 2000s movies slash shows dealing with Comic-Con type life and celeb super fans, yet does it in a very unique way all on its own. It's the Disney Channel star-filled caper, Dadnapped. Kyle, Haley, and I will be giving our super spy thoughts on this film in just a second, but first, here's my quick synopsis for Dadnapped. Dadnapped follows Melissa Morris, played by Emily Osmond, a young girl whose life is anything but normal thanks to her dad, Neil Morris, played by George Newbern, a former dentist turned famous young adult spy novelist. Because of Neil's fame as an author, Melissa doesn't have the best relationship with her father, but that's all going to change with the camping trip she and her father have planned. Or so she thinks. Neil, putting his famous character Trip Zoom, played by Jonathan Keltz, first, in Melissa's eyes at least, causes the camping trip to be delayed for a Trip Zoom convention. The convention is only the start of the trip's ensuing chaos. Throw in a couple of dadnappings, and Melissa and her father will find themselves more bonded than they could have expected. The question is, are they clever enough to escape the dangerous situation they ultimately find themselves in? Okay. Haley, I kind of already got to hear some of your thoughts on it, but why don't you tell everyone else, what did you think about visiting this film? And have you seen this before? I did watch it growing up, but I never actually remembered what the heck it was about. I just remembered Jason, not Jason Earl, is that, is that his name? Did, yeah. Jackson? Okay. Mm -hmm. He's the only person I remembered. And then honestly, watching it, I cannot believe the cast that this movie had mm -hmm. and that it wasn't more popular. Like, they had virtually everyone from Hannah Montana... <laughs> Except for Miley Cyrus. <laughs> and, like, I can't believe it wasn't way more successful. Like, you would think this one is, like, one that everyone remembers right. from the cast alone. Mm -hmm. um, so the cast was awesome. I enjoyed that a lot. And the story was surprisingly entertaining. Mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, and I was not expecting to. Nice. Kyle, what, uh, what did you think? And have you seen this before? I think I have. Like, okay. when I was going through it and watching, I was like, okay, I remember this, and this, and this. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I got the whole picture, mm -hmm. and remember the whole picture. Uh, it was really enjoyable, though, to me, it felt longer than it should be. For some reason, I was like, why Why does this feel so long? I enjoyed it, but mm -hmm. it was like, why is it so long? Some of the inventions had me puzzled. <laughs> as, as to, like, what their purpose was, or how that they worked? and... Why Why did it actually work? Like the floss thing? Mm -hmm. When the dad actually gets kidnapped? I'm like, what? <laughs> why is this... Uh, why, cannot, why can you not break out of this? I mean, I feel like if you like are spun around a number of times, then the more you spin around the floss, like the harder it is to break. <clears throat> so I feel like that's the reason for that. And then at the end, with the floss, I'm like, there's uh -oh. no uh -oh. way. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see what you mean there. 
Yeah, I, I can see what you mean there. Uh, I can say that I hadn't really seen this before. There's only, like, one scene I had seen. And it was towards the end, whenever they're they're helping Skunk write mm-hmm. his book. And they they explain how to describe a room. That's, like, the one scene I've really seen from it. And then nothing else. So I, I was going this basically blind. And I... Thoroughly enjoyed myself. This was a very entertaining movie for me. And it mainly has to do with the fact that watching this reminded me of quite a few different things, which I will bring up as we begin to talk to it, about it. But I, like I said, I, I certainly had a lot of fun. And I feel like I wanted to talk about something specifically, but I don't remember what it is. So we will just talk about the movie instead. And I'd say... The fact that it starts off with that Emily Osment song, I love it. It's so great, but it's also very clear that this is Disney starting their Emily Osment singing career. <laughs> and we get to see Melissa packing her bag, and she looks at a picture, and she sees Trip in it with her family and everything. And then we skip to her at school, and from what I gather, it's just a bunch of students, I guess, giving book reports mm-hmm. of sorts. And I want to mention the teacher because before you came over today, I was doing like I usually do, and I was going through the IMDb cast list, looking up different things they were in, you know, little trivia stuff. And I came to learn that Emily Osment's dad is in this. And the reason I kind of bring this up is because as I was looking at this, so the guy, the dad's name is Eugene Osment. And whenever I saw the name, I was like, huh. I wonder if he's related to Emily Osment. So I clicked on the name, like went down to like trivia where it kind of says like mm. who's the father of. Sure enough, it says that, but then it also said uh, he's the father of Haley Joel Osment, which I don't know if you know who that is, but he's like the little kid in The Sixth Sense and oh, things okay. like that. Uh-huh. Pass it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it forward, yeah. yeah. And I feel like I did know this. Like at some point, I had looked at either Haley Joel Osment's trivia or Emily Osment's trivia and it said that, but somehow it just like got erased from my mind. So I read it today and I was like, oh my God. And I texted Haley and I was like, did you know? She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm just an idiot then. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, apparently their father is in this movie and the name in the credits says Mr. Walsh. So the only person I can assume that that is, is the teacher, which I find very entertaining. (laughs) And so they have the one student who's giving their book report. Wait, I wonder if, um, Billy Ray Cyrus was like, hey, you get paid a lot more if you come and act while watching your kid rather than just, like, standing off screen watching your kid. Because you have to have a parent on set with you. That's true. And I don't know if it would have been because of that or if he had been doing that because I think he only has, like, 17 credits to his acting list. But it's, like, with his kids. Right. So ever since, like, Haley Joel Osment was a little kid, he was, like, in movies with them. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe. Possible. (laughs) But they have the one student who's in the class giving the book report on the newest Trip Zoom book, which apparently isn't supposed to be out yet, but because his father works at a paper company that prints the books, he got a copy early. And so he's telling us, I guess, basically like the first chapter of it. Like, there's no way he's telling the whole book because that's like, spoiler alert, dude. Like, that's 
kind of wrong. I, I I don't think I would even want to hear the first chapter if right. I were to like, be reading it myself. If I like, as clearly all these kids and the teacher even are like, they're super like into it. Like I'd be like, spoilers, like don't tell me, and close my ears. Uh, <laughs> but what I love about it is, as the kid is basically talking about the book, we get to see it happening. And this is the first thing that this movie reminded me of. It reminded me of, and Haley has already told me that she has never heard or seen it, but I know I've talked to you about it a lot, that famous show, Jackson. Mm. Which I don't know if you've ever seen that show. I don't think so. Which it also got a movie uh, on Disney Channel, so like a, it's own like little decom, even though it's not on Disney+, Plus, which I'm really upset about. But basically, in it, you have the actor in that. He plays an actor himself in the show, mm-hmm. and he plays this character like... Uh, I forget what it is. It's like something stone. And basically he's like the secret agent kid and he has to go on these missions. And what I love about it is it'll, it'll go from him as the secret agent in the show to him in real life, dealing with his real life problems as a normal student and kid who's also happens to be a very famous actor. <laughs> and just seeing this back and forth of, you know, seeing the trip zoom thing. And then also whenever uh, Emily Osment would see trip, and like talk to him, and they do like the little Dutch angles where it like tip the camera. I was like, famous shit, Jackson vibes, and I was I was loving it even more. So I think that's one of the things that helps me like love this movie so much. Anyhow, <laughs> student, you know, tells all about the the chapter or however much of the book that he's telling, and then after he finishes, the bell rings, everyone's leaving, and I just love all the moments of Melissa just talking to Trip in her like little I don't know. Like visions, fantasies, kind of things. That I'm she does. surprised no one walked by and like, don't talk to her, don't look at her, she's crazy. There's like enough moments where this happens where you would think someone would just stop and look and go, "Are you okay?" <laughs> like, cause she does it in public quite a few times too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the next scene is her at uh, her house, mm-hmm. and her mom goes to sit down with her, and they're talking about getting ready for the camping trip with the dad, which we learned that the mom and dad have been separated and divorced and whatnot. And the next day, the dad shows up. Sure enough, standing there with a life-size uh, trip Zoom cut out. And they, the mom and dad start talking. And the dad's just spewing all of, exci- all of his excitement for trip Zoom. And how the last book sold a crap ton of copies. And that this one's going to do gangbusters. And the mom just like looks at him. And he's like, what? And she says that she should be asking about the daughter. To which he says that he already knows how the daughter's feeling because she's clearly excited that she's going to go camping with him. And the mom, I love how she says, don't mess this up. And his only response is, hey, you're talking to me, Neil Morris. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm telling you not to mess this up. And it, it's just one of the things that clearly shows that the dad is kind of um, blatantly ignorant. He has his own world. Yes, that he's pretty much living in. And he just... I don't think he's not trying to see if he's doing something wrong. He just clearly doesn't see that he's doing something mm-hmm. wrong, which kind of sucks, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Yeah, I think to him, he's just in a world of, like, I'm successful right now. Like, I'm busy doing that, and that's okay. Like, he's probably making a lot of money. So why does he need to worry about if his daughter's happy every freaking moment? You know, obviously that's wrong, but right. in his mind, it's like, I'm making money. I'm doing my job whatever yeah yeah and uh, it is possible that maybe he's just thinking 
hey, look, I'm funding you. Like, we should all be happy. Like, exactly. we have the money to, to live how we want. Exactly, yeah. Which, yeah, it's cool, but also be nice to have a dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Melissa and her dad go get on the car to go on their camping trip. And on their way, the dad reveals that they're going to have a slight detour to their camping trip uh, plans. And... It's because the dad has to stop in at the Mercury Zoom convention because it's his grassroots bands. Apparently this has happened more than once. Apparently. Because there's a thing that goes on where he chooses the contest. Because I, I don't think he would do this at every convention. Choosing a, a It would no. have to be at like one specific one right. every single time. Especially since there's like... I, I wouldn't say there's like a lot of people there. But there's a good amount of people there that are expecting him to choose the winner. But... Anyhow, they get to the to the town, and I love how Melissa goes, one night, right? And the dad goes, yeah, one night. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> In a uh, Yeti Dan kind of way. Mm, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will explain that at the end. Uh, so they walk into the, the, the Merc, which is the hotel they're staying at, and... This is where I started to get the feel for the other thing that this film kind of reminded me of, and that was Galaxy Quest. Okay. And in Galaxy Quest, you know, it's it's kind of spoofishy to Comic-Cons with Star Trek and mm-hmm. Star Trek fans, to the point that Tim Allen is this Captain Kirk-like character, and they have these massive amount of fans that are just in love with the show and everything, and there's, like, one group of kids who are kind of like our Wheeze, Sheldon, and, and Andre, where they don't necessarily kidnap them. Certain people do in Galaxy Quest, but they're just like super fans and they're like asking all these questions and everything about how things would happen and this, that, and the other. And yeah, so that whole stuff just, I was like, oh, Galaxy Quest, cool. I love it even more. <laughs> so Melissa and the dad go to the desk and here's Jason Earls. And as I've told Haley earlier today, no matter... How many adult roles that he gets? Mm-hmm. I never see Jason Earls as an adult. He just he just looks like a kid pretending to be an adult. Yeah, to he's me. like thirty, and he looks like a child. Yes, and I, I pretty much think that has to do with the fact that he was on Hannah Montana for six years playing an eighteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's kind of what happens a lot of times. If you play the young kid roles... You'll all be always be seen as... Yes. Mm. And that kind of goes to... My theory kind of comes from the fact that... In the 2007 and... Or maybe it was 2005, 2007... Fantastic Four films... Mm -hmm. With Chris Evans in it and everything... They were all about... 24 to 30... Give or take. And they look like adults. But... You skip ahead to the 2015... Fantastic Four movie, mm-hmm. and you have people like Miles Teller, and uh, I can't remember the one kid's name from Jumper, um, but then you also have Michael B. Jordan and Kate Mara, I think. And they're also about the same age as the actors in the first two Fantastic Four films, but they look like kids. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's because they've mainly done kid roles. What are we looking up? <laughs> Who Miles Teller? Oh! <laughs> Oh, he was in... Uh, yeah, I know yeah. who he is now. <laughs> so, anyhow, like, so that's how I feel it is with Jason Earls. Just because he's always done this kid role, now he's kind of stuck mm-hmm. as... He's a kid in my mind. He's never going to be older than 18. Even though he'll probably be, like, 70 at some point. I'll be like, 
Nah, he's 18. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also get to see at this moment, uh, Moises? Is that how you say his name? Mm, Moises so. Arias. And we see his character being very shady, for lack of a better word. Him and then Sheldon and Wheeze. And at this moment, I thought I knew where this movie was going. I was like, okay, they're going to kidnap the dad. And then it's going to be like a fight the whole movie of Melissa arguing with these kids trying to get her dad back. Like, I thought that was the whole thing. That was it. Boom. Got it figured out. It's really not into the car wash thing that I was like, oh, okay, now I know now I know who's going to be the main adversary here. Uh, well, I'll get to that too <laughs> in a second. Uh, but anyhow, Jason Earls, uh, Merv is the character's name. He brings them to the presidential suite. <laughs> and as soon as he opened that door, I just bust out laughing because of it being the presidential suite and yet it's just like, really confined room. So if that's the presidential suite, I'm very worried about the rest of the rooms. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Well, is it only as big as the bed itself, the rooms? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very worrisome thing. And then there's like a room that we see later. I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be the presidential, presidential suite, suite and that was supposed to be his room. That would make, that would make a lot more sense in my opinion. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, that night, uh, they're talking with a, a bunch of dedicated Zoomers fans and the dad's like in the middle of this argument between two of them because they can't decide whether in one of the books Trip used a laser or a drill. A drill. Mm -hmm. And it just causes the dad to be like, okay guys, y'all deal with that. And then he bumps into Skunk. And Skunk, he's just so precious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all I have to say about him. He, he's, like, I like him. He's, he's a great guy. I get he's bad, but the likable bad guy. Likable bad guy, as they, they point out many times. <laughs> and even though I didn't 100% figure out, like, this third movie that kind of came to my mind, mm -hmm. I'll reveal it now. Seeing Skunk and Maurice together made me think of two things. Or it, it made me realize two things, I should say. The first was... That what I thought was going to happen was not going to be the fact. Not going to be the case anymore. Clearly it was going to have something to do with Maurice and Skunk now. Mm -hmm. And they were going to be the kidnappers. And then the other thing that made me realize is, like I said, the third film. And that it's very Home alone -y. Yes, I was getting that throughout the entire thing as Home alone -y. Between Skunk and, and Maurice. Yeah, like every... Just about every interaction that they had, I was just like, it's like Harry and Marv. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so, we cut away to Melissa kind of commenting on the, for lack of a better term, craziness of the con attendees. And then down drops this super fan, who apparently is given the name of Sammy. And he's like hanging on this rope thing mm -hmm. that apparently Tripp did in one of the books. And he ends up explaining to Melissa about everyone's trying to win the biggest Zoomer contest. And the dad comes over and explains that, yeah, that's right. And they end up saying the famous catchphrase that's, that Trip always says, and that is, FLOSS! And at this point, on my second rewatch, I realized that this was correct. But uh, in that moment, whenever the fact that everyone's saying FLOSS, I was like, clearly that phrase, FLOSS, mm -hmm. is 
just there to subconsciously get kids to floss, right? It's gotta be. You know, I mean... <laughs> Why are you shaking your head now? I you mean, don't think maybe, so? Maybe, I guess, since he was a dentist before. And that's that's the thing that I didn't realize upon my second rewatch, because it, he, yeah, it didn't he, click. He said he was a dentist. Well, uh, Melissa says well, he was yeah. a dentist, and then... As, like, the movie progresses, he'll, like, say things and do things where it's, it's like, oh, be, he was a dentist. It's gotta be, like, through his books, he's trying to get kids to floss. Right. So. Like, I feel like it starts off as, like, in his mind, whenever he, like, originally wrote it, it was kind of like Trip Zoom looking at the camera and going, floss. Yeah. But everyone took it as, floss! <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> I'm mad because it makes sense. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, that's <laughs> definitely what he was thinking. Yes. <laughs> and then I just have written down good catch Melissa because she catches the dude camouflaged as the tree mm -hmm. as she's mm -hmm. walking out. And the reason I say good catch is because I, I definitely didn't know. No. It wasn't until she's like, good catch. And then the camera zooms in, the dude moves. And I was like, oh, sh there's a dude there. Holy crap. <laughs> so that was really inventive. I really like that. Uh, but the next morning, they wake up and Melissa asks her dad about eating at this cool restaurant with like a waterfall oh, thing. Mm -hmm. And all the dad says is that, hey, that'd be a good thing to use in his next book. And he like even mentions in like a recorder, Trip fights people behind like a piranha a a sludge filled piranha waterfall yeah <laughs> and of course melissa guy gives, gives them like angry eyes essentially and she says that the dad acts like trip zoom is real now, i want to make sure i like make this poignant because of something else that is said a little bit later so melissa says you act like trip zoom is real and that says he is real to me and then the dad says that he'll just hurry up and pick a contest winner and then they'll be on the road for noon. And once again, <laughs> I looked and said, okay. <laughs> and so Melissa's all happy about this because she's like, yeah, we get to be on the road. We get to go camping now. Sure enough, it's like two hours past mm -hmm. noon and he still hasn't picked a contest winner. And he even says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here with you. And then looks at Melissa. And then Melissa is once again talking to Trip, or at least the cutout of Trip. And then she turns it around, and then she goes to leave, and ends up bumping into Wheeze. And she calls him a Nimrod. And then they have a conversation where they realize that they're both Word Wham fans. And is that a real game? I don't think so. I think. Well, I don't know. Is it just because... Scrabble for lonely people? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. The I will say that. The game that they show David Henry playing, whenever we first get introduced him of Word Wham, it looks like it would be a real game, but maybe that's just another version of Scrabble, and they just couldn't use the word Scrabble because mm. of copyright reasons. I don't know. I'm actually, I'd be very curious to find out if Word Wham is a true thing. I gotta look that up after. But the one thing I did want to mention is that, as you kind of mentioned, the cuteness of both the characters. Yeah, David Henry's adorable. I was saying, I was going to say Emily Osment and David Henry in this are so cute together in this scene, especially the, the lines of David Henry saying, I'd love to stay in chat, but business calls. And then Melissa's like business and all, all Weez does is just kind of like gives a little like nod kind of thing. And then it's Melissa going, 
whatever, with like a little like smile and then like, walks off. And I was just like, God, I like these two together. <laughs> and then I also realized that Moises is just pretty much playing Rico, just more well-read and liking <laughs> the books. Because he walks in, he's like, nice, you get the digits? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, well, I was going to. And all, all Andre can say is, oh, I can't believe we're related. God. <laughs> and then we get to see, once again, Sammy. He has built the Trip Trap Scrambler. Now, I don't know what it is and what it's supposed to do, but it's a bust. And the comb that he like places inside of it just goes flying around everywhere and just unless that's exactly what it was supposed to do, except for the exploding part. I mean everyone clapped. So Th- you know what? That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Everyone did clap. It it, it just made me think that something went wrong, definitely, mm-hmm. and I guess it was just because it caught on fire. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was supposed to do what it did, just not catch, not catch on fire. A fire. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Huh. I'd still be interested in seeing like what it would supposed to do, like, in the context of Trip trying to fight mm-hmm. a bad guy. That'd be interesting to see. But we also see that Shell, Weez, and Andre have put their kidnapping scheme into play. And it involves onions and some strange-looking wick- liquid. I think that was just onion juice, basically. I guess, That would make sense, I guess. And it's all getting pumped into the convention. And I love how everyone is reacting negatively, except for Skunk. Because it makes sense, because skunks are used mm-hmm. to their own, like, terrible smell, and so he's just not reacting to it. And the other thing that I love about Skunk is his random phrases that he says. There's one in particular that comes much later that I have to I have to poke fun at one of our friend group people about. But in this moment, he says, because his brother, Maurice, says, do you smell something, or something to that effect? And the phrase that Skunk says is, Said the fat man with the nose of doom upon his grin. <laughs> like, they're just so nonsensical, but I love them so much. So anyhow, remember how I told you earlier, Haley, that apparently, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Stone mm-hmm. is in this movie as Deb, or at least her voice is. Mm-hmm. I figured out where it was, and it was all thanks to having my closed captioning on. So in the next scene, Melissa's on the phone with somebody. I thought it was her mom that she was talking it's to. It's her friend. Yeah, it's her friend Deb. And apparently that's Jennifer Stone. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're they're talking and Deb basically... This is when everyone's running out. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. it's like, or it's like right before yeah, that. Because yeah, okay. she's talking to, to Deb and she's telling Deb that she's having fun camping and everything. There's this, there's that. And then they hear the car honk and she's like, he did it again, didn't he? And then... All that's happening. But then we go back to the con where everyone is now finally reacting to all this oil gas being pumped in. And they start scrambling to get out. And Andre takes the dad and basically brings him outside to which Skunk and Maurice chase after him. And then as everyone's scrambling out of the con, that's also where Melissa is off the phone, sees all everyone running out and tries to go find her dad. Her dad, meanwhile, is in the back. And gets taken by the three people and sees that they have their tear jerker trap. Haley had asked me earlier which of these traps that I think is my favorite. And the only ones I can think of is like probably the tear jerker trap. Okay. Depending on how the other trap was supposed to work. The one that Tammy built. I mean the, the one that they did in the library was pretty good. I mean it's an interesting one. I just 
if you're just doing it to a librarian, I don't see how it's helpful with, you know, bad guys. Those bad guys are going to pick up a book randomly. all librarians are bad guys. <laughs> uh, there's definitely got to be, in one of his books, a librarian that's a supervillain. Mm-hmm. See? Have you never read a comic book, Trevor? Clearly not. Uh, get with it. <laughs> I don't see how I'm going to get my book published if... I keep on not reading comic books. Jeez, I need to take, I need to take tape, take tips from this dad. Damn it. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, dad gets taken by the kids, and Skunk and Maurice end up stealing a uniform service van. Mm-hmm. To which, as I'm going to mention now, no one reports missing. Nope. Like we see two people get out of it, but they're like, "Oh, that's fine." This they hate it so Monday. much. They just hate it so much. <laughs> like, whatever. I will say, if I walked out of work. And my truck was gone. I would just be like, "All right, I'm going home." This For is real. a sign. This is a sign that I wasn't meant to have that job. I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll just wait till Monday to report this." <laughs> I mean, I guess what else can you do? I, at the very least, I guess you could be like, "My phone was in the truck. I couldn't call you. I'm sorry." Okay, I didn't think about that. All right. So they did. They were really smart by stealing like at work company vehicle <laughs> good point very good point <laughs> but <laughs> in the process of figuring out what was going on melissa sees that there's security cameras and sees the footage and this is where she brings up why couldn't he still be just a dentist so she calls the police and they don't believe her because they've apparently just been getting random reports of spies and other random stuff so they're just like you just have to wait 48 hours and then if he's still missing then you follow a report I mean, that's the protocol, usually. I mean, I know it's the protocol, but, like, if you see that someone has just been kidnapped, like, they there's security footage. They could have just showed them the security footage. I, uh, right? But, whatever. <laughs> so, Melissa ends up getting in an argument with Trip, and Trip says that, I guess that's why your dad writes about me and not you. And as soon as he said that, my first thought was, I can already tell. Trip is going to be mm-hmm. Melissa, or like a kind of incarnation. Of yes, it. yeah, that the dad kind of made, and for whatever reason, just didn't want to write about a girl, so he wrote about a boy. Which, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then we cut away to the boys who are just doing donuts in a parking lot. Like, what, what are you doing? Him. He's they're just going in circles to confuse him, so that way he doesn't know where he's at. I get that, but if you're just doing donuts, that's not going to confuse it. Like, because they just know you're doing donuts. Like, if they wanted to do that, like, literally just go around, like, corners mm. and, like, actually do turns, not donuts. Like, stupid. <laughs> and also, people could just, like, watch them and then they could report to the police that people are doing donuts in the parking lot. Mind you, the police likely won't answer mm. because they might done... come for donuts. <laughs> Good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so Maurice and Skunk show up and I love how Skunk is zipping up his little disguise that he has on and he says second phrase he adjusts the disguise a calander of deception to which I really wish I had done this but I want to know what a calander is just to did you look it up no it's a oh. colander it's the thing that you use to strain your spaghetti that's called oh, a colander. that's what that's what a colander is. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I thought people knew this because whenever the other guy was like, "Do you even know what a colander is?" and he's like, "No," and he's like, "Me neither." I was like, 
How do people not know what that is? So y'all don't know either? I would just call it a strainer. Yeah, a strainer. Oh my god. Okay, y'all go comment on Miss How Did You Come Today Instagram. Did you know what a colander is? <laughs> and also, do you call it a colander or a calander? I mean, I guess... I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, it probably is... Wait, how do you say it? Colander? It probably is pronounced colander. It could be colander. I, I mean, I, I think I was just saying it that way because I was trying to pronounce it as it's spelled. Mm. But... Like I said, I just call it a strainer. So I have one of those. It's got like a handle to it. So that's a, a colander. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I just call that a strainer. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I was just like, what is this colander? That's that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to mention that like in this moment, once again, they really are a Harry and Marv duo, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially whenever Skunk gets out and tries to sneak up on the kids and then just gets knocked out by a car door being opened. <laughs> I love those two together. I, I really do. Like, I really think they are probably the best kind of bad guy, yet not bad, bad guy mm-hmm. duo since Harry and Marv. Although Harry and Marv were a little we're bit bad. worse. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, yeah. They stole things. Like, they did bad things. Yeah. They tried to kill a kid, sort of. Yes. They stole a human. But they were. And a truck. <laughs> but they weren't planning on killing the human. Uh. I don't know. Well, if no, they weren't no, going to no. fix the book, it sure seemed like... And he stole a giraffe. Or was uh, it an elephant? It was an elephant. <laughs> an elephant. That's worse. <laughs> I have some comments on that. Well, I guess the... the I don't know. You know, I don't think they're that bad. Harry and Marv were definitely worse. No, yeah. Harry and Marv were definitely worse. Okay. But still. They're not as innocent. You You can't just say, oh, they're dumb and cute. They're innocent. I mean, I can say that about Skunk. Like, yeah, okay, sure. Skunk is dumb, in this. Yeah. dumb and cute. But not his brother. Yeah, he's gone to jail. Yeah. He's seen jail time. Okay, I'll give you that one. Okay. <laughs> he at least hasn't killed anybody, I still though. really want to know how he stole that elephant. Okay, I'll just bring it up here. That's one of the things I wanted to mention. First of all, why did he steal the elephant? And then the second thing, how did he steal the elephant? Like, I want to know this backstory. Like, give me the backstory on Maurice stealing an elephant, please. I got it. Okay. Okay, so have you seen those videos of where they put a paintbrush in an elephant's, like, trunk and it can paint? Okay, yes. Well, I'm pretty sure before Skunk wanted to be a writer, he wanted to be a painter. (laughs) But he was really, really bad. Okay. And then he came across this painting elephant and was like, see my brother? He's no good at painting, but this elephant, (laughs) he can fix my brother's painting. And then he went and he, like, tried to be nice to the elephant. And the elephant was like, no, nah, I don't want to go with you. Like, I'm happy at the zoo. I get peanuts. And then he was like, oh, no, you're coming with me one way or another. And then he steals them. And then he still doesn't paint because he has to go to jail. And then after that, he gives up on painting and decides to become a writer. Because yes. he finds a Trip Zoom book. Mm-hmm. All yes, right. that story makes 100% sense, you know? I am officially making this canon. That is exactly what the happened. Story, That's yeah. the backstory. Oh, that is great. That's perfect. Because that actually seems like something that would... He would do, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the reasoning and everything behind it. I love that. That's great. Thank you, Haley. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so the next thing that we see is that apparently the dad is just way more impressed by these kids' ingenuity rather than being upset slash anxious by being kidnapped. And the reason this is irritating to me is because how many writers do you know, no matter how passionate they are for their fans and fan base, do you think would be cool 
with kids, especially when they're basically in the situation, this is the reason they're in. Like, how, do you th- how many do you think would be cool with that? Well, I don't have, know any writers, so I can't answer that question. I mean, even not knowing writers personally, I, I can't think of any of my favorite writers where if, let's say they're making, like, spy novels... I can't think of any of them that if I did like what their spies wrote about did and I like kidnapped them and be like, don't you think this is cool? They'd be like, no, fuck you. Call the police. I want out of here now. Yeah. Like David Schwimmer won't even take a picture with you. So I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. That sucks. I mean, I've seen like interviews where he's like, no, like I tell people no. And which is cool. Like you, you live I mean, your own life. You don't owe people a picture. That's true. But yeah, I could. Like, just because you're an artist or whatever doesn't mean you owe people the satisfaction of letting them harass you, you no, know? Yeah, no, that's true. And so, once again, it kind of it kind of goes to my whole thing of how ignorant the dad is, where he's just like, this is cool, yeah, kidnap me more! <laughs> Even though he clearly doesn't say that, but anyhow. <laughs> now, I will give um, you, Haley, a little bit of points, because you do mention that it does irk you a little bit with the constant complaining that Melissa does. Oh my god, yes. And I will give it to you in this moment where she calls up the dad and her first thing that she says is, it's so typical, you always do this to me. And it's like, he didn't ask to be kidnapped. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault he got taken by these kids. Though, to her point, he actually enjoyed getting kidnapped, as we brought up just a little bit ago. Yeah, no, like, he, he clearly enjoyed it, but it's not like he was like, hey kids, kidnap me. I'm with my daughter, but you still kidnapped me. Like, he didn't say that, so it's not totally his fault. Mind you, he should have been a little bit more upset about it. Half but of it is definitely his fault. I'll give it, like, a fifth. A fifth. Okay. 20%. I don't... <laughs> and, anyhow. Uh, but it, it is a little irksome that also, Wheeze and the boys also don't see the wrongness of what they're doing. Because they're just like, hey... We'll give him back as soon as he meets our demands. It's cool. We're having fun with them. Okay? Like, you're not his kids. Like, give him back. And I have some comments about the one demand. Because they mentioned that as soon as he feels their one demand, they'll give him back. Which I'll get to once they get to the library. <laughs> but. They are doing this for the competition. Though. Yeah. They did yeah, just no. decide let's kidnap him. No, because like, whenever they're whenever we first meet them and they're like talking to each other on the phone... We says we're gonna win this competition, right? So it is a very elaborate plan to win the competition. So I'll give them that, right? You know, like there's a reasoning behind it. They're not just some crazy kids trying to cause ruckus. I guess. No, no, that that's true. It's just like the fact that they once again that they they don't see what's wrong with what they're doing. They just think it's it's fine. I don't know, but like it is pretty cool. Like what. You have to prove if you're Zoom enough. And how do you prove if you're Zoom enough other than kidnapping him with his own devices that he created? I guess that's true. I mean, it is crazy, but I also think it's pretty cool. That, no, you do you do have a point. <laughs> and Melissa basically just continues like berating them, saying that the fact that they separated their dad from his ruining her vacation and everything. And they, she ends up like hanging up on him and everything. And I love how Andre's just like, feisty. I like it. <laughs> well, before that, she figures out where they are. That's true, because she, she hears the guy at the car wash ask if he wants, like, mist, uh, puree mist or something like that, or lilac spray. And I am very impressed by the fact that 
Melissa is smart enough to realize that the puree mist or the lilac spray is something that you would do at a car wash. Because I'd have heard that and be like, frick are these two things that I just heard? I would have had to go and like Google it up. But she was like, is there a car wash around here? And her and Morph go to the car wash. And as soon as they get there, the kids obviously see that they found them. And Marv's, Merv's like, I need to make a call. And then he goes off and he's like, hey, I'm at the car wash. And I was like, yep, he's mm-hmm. the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew, as soon as he did, I was like, he's the bad guy. I already know it. Which I am very happy with Disney that it seems like an innocent call. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not thinking that he's going to be the bad guy, like, it, it doesn't really register. And they're not showboating him as the villain like they've done with other villains in the past where it's like, this guy's clearly the villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the the guys come up with a plan of how to get away, and that's pushing the car into the car wash. And I have to say, this is the first movie, and I've already told this to Haley, this is the first movie since Country Bears, Kyle, that has made me laugh at a car wash scene. So in this, they end up going through the car wash, and they come out the other side, and they're just filled with suds and everything, and, and Jason Earls' character, like, his, like, whole backside is all, like, torn off and everything. And I explained to Haley in Country Bears, I don't remember exactly how it all comes to play, but I know there's the two cops chasing after the Country Bears, Mm -hmm. and the Country Bears go through the car wash, and the two cops, for some reason, run into the car wash after them, and there's the whole scene of, they've been through it, and now they're at the wind drying part, and the wind's blowing them so hard that one of them's like, I can fly! (laughs) I can fly! And then it shuts off, and they they hit the ground. So those are like the... As far as I can remember, the oh, only two car washes... Oh, it's because the kid ran away from home. Well, I know that, but what I couldn't remember is why the two cops just ran into the car wash without mm. a car. Like, they literally just ran into it. But, yeah, so those are the two movies, the only two movies I can think of that have made me legitimately laugh at a car wash scene. And I love it. <laughs> and so, once they get out of the car wash, Melissa finds a book that is overdue, or due at the library... On the, on the day that they're at that moment. And then Skunk and, and Maurice pull up. And Skunk asks, what's the girl got to do with this? To which Maurice responds, I don't know. As long as she leads us to her dad. That's your answer. That's what she has to do with <laughs> right. it. <laughs> like, what more is there to understand? And I don't know whether to chalk that up to the stupidity of the criminals. Or... Uh, like a slight moment of bad writing where they weren't thinking clearly. definitely the criminal the thing. criminals yeah okay mm-hmm. but once we're in the the van again because we cut away to that where the kids and the dad are at <laughs> andre's looking inside the book and he's like looking at the dad he looks at the book looks at the dad <laughs> and that's like what are you looking at he's like your nose is smaller in the book and shows it to him to which the dad realizes that it's the, overdue the book they have is overdue and I love how Weezy's like, okay, well, what's your point? And he's like, well, you have to pay a, a fee. And they're like, yeah, right. Like, how do they not know about this? Isn't that, like, one of the first things they teach you in school? Like, whenever you go to the library? Like, if you have an overdue book that you have to pay a fine? I mean, that's one of the things that I remember learning. They like I remember learning, but, I mean, it's in all this media, too, though. Like, movies, you see yeah. the overdue book thing? And... and I just, I can, I just can recall... Like, being in, like, elementary school, where our elementary school librarian had actually taken us to the city library, mm-hmm. and we learned all about books and how to check it out and everything, and the librarian was like, and if you have an overdue book, you're going to have to pay a charge of, like, five cents or something like that. So, for me, I've just about always known about it. 
So it's just mind-blowing to me that these three kids are like, Psh, okay, sure, there's then, a fee. And then the dad goes, well, are all those books overdue? And then Andre goes and looks at all of them. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I do, the one thing I really like, although I feel like they would get in trouble for it, the fact that they have lights well, and sirens mm-hmm. They would definitely vehicle. get in trouble. But <laughs> apparently the police don't care, so. Right. They don't, the police clearly in this town don't care about anything. Like, if you're not killing somebody, they don't care. I will say the whole, like, rushing to the library and the yeah was one of the turning points that made me like them because in the beginning i was like these kids are over the line i don't know who they think they are i don't know if i can like them and then like this was one of the first things where i was like okay they're just sweet and innocent and trying to win a competition and yeah so i appreciated that yeah i i think i'm about the same i think it took me like a little bit longer to finally get on their side because i was still like, really irked that, like, they weren't understanding, like I said, the wrongness of what they were mm-hmm. doing. And it wasn't really until the dad and, and Melissa get kidnapped again. Yeah, and then, yeah. And that, for me, that was my turning point for them. But we see Skunk and Maurice following Melissa and Merv. And once again, we have another phrase from Skunk, to which his brother said something. And Skunk goes, said his brother with an off-key hand. <laughs> Like, they're just so ridiculous, but I love them so much. Anyhow, so the boys get to the library, and the dad says, you know, it's been fun, but, you know, he has more Zoomers to to check out for the contest, and it's really not fair to them. And then the boys say that if the dad basically shows them the book splat trip trap, they'll let him go. To which my question is, did they not give him their demand of making them the contest winners? No. Because that was, like, once again, that's, like, their whole point of doing this. And they even mentioned that they have one demand. And mm-hmm. I would, I'm just, I, was, I would assume that one demand would be to be the contest winners. I think they forgot all about it. No, I think they have more pride than that. Like, you don't want to win the contest because you forced him to declare you. They want to win fair and square. I think they have, yeah. Okay. And I guess, I guess... Feeling that way, if we go to your points of pretty much the whole reason that they're doing this is just to show that they're Zoomers and everything, and it wasn't that to kidnap and then force him mm-hmm. to make them the winners. I feel like that makes me like them a little bit more, even in these early moments, because my whole thought was they're literally just doing this to force him to make them the winners, and that's where I was like, not cool, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but I never got that. I thought they really just wanted to be like, we kidnapped you using your own devices, so it okay. speaks for itself. I think the one thing that made me think it was that way, one, because of the whole, at the very beginning, yeah, he's like, we're going to win this contest, and then we have one demand, and I just kind of put the two and two together. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, they all go in to do the book stuff, and whenever the dad is showing them the trap, he's like, it's delicate work. It's as delicate as pulling wisdom teeth or yeah. wisdom teeth surgery. <laughs> okay, he is a dentist. And I don't know, once again, I don't know why I didn't click the first time I watched it, but the second time I watched it, once I, was, once I heard Melissa say he used to be a dentist... It all started to click into place. Oh, I see all the dentist stuff. Okay. But Melissa and Merv get to the, the library, and Melissa goes in by herself. And then Maurice and Skunk get to the library, and they're changing into these police uniforms that just so happen to be in the service truck, apparently. It's a uniform company. Well, I get that. Uh, co- was it uniform or costume? Uniform. So, of course they have police uniforms. I mean, I get that. I guess. I don't know. It just... 
feels a little. We went over this. Cops don't care about anything. <laughs> <laughs> sure, they'll just leave their their uniforms lying around wherever. <laughs> but Melissa goes in, and my question is, what is she doing? So like, she goes in. She like, you know, she hides away. She's like talking to herself. All right, get them, get out, go. And then she gets up and she sees the dad and them put the book that they're messing with onto the shelf and then sees them walk away. Why didn't she just go straight to them? Like, instead, she goes straight to the book, looks at it, and is like, hmm, I wonder what's in here. What are you doing? Also, she's read the books, as we learn a little bit later. So, like, what what are you doing? Anyhow. Maybe she thinks she he, like, left a note of, like, what they want or something. Oh, uh, you know what? Because she does still think he's in danger in this moment. I didn't think about that. That's very true. She doesn't follow her own advice, though. So get, yeah. get out and oh, go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. true. She goes against, yeah, you're right. She goes against her own vice. And she ends up opening up the book and pfft, gets splattered with the... Toothpaste. Whatever it is. I think it's yeah. toothpaste. It's some kind of weird liquidy gooey stuff. It definitely stuff. looks like toothpaste, though. It probably is. Maybe that's the basis of his gooey stuff that mm. it's, everyone's always spraying at everybody. I don't know. <laughs> but anyhow, the, the boys and the dad come over to our... And once again, the dad's just, like, ignorant to what, all that's going on. He's just, like, super excited about all this. And... Melissa just gets super upset with him. And Weez goes, he's just trying to have fun with us. And my thought is, okay, but you're not his kids. What about his daughter? He should be trying to have fun with her. So it just like shows how ignorant both of these people are. But also in the scene, once again, we get another very cute scene between David Henry and Emily Osment of David Henry going, you smell nice. And she's like, I do? Thanks, it's my lip gloss. And they had like this little like cute moment between them. I was like, gosh, they are so cute together. Anyhow, <laughs> Melissa and the dad end up walking out of the library. She cleaned up very fast, though. Yes. Haley mentioned I'm that, too. I'm so mad about that. I'm so <laughs> mad. Like, she went from being still like damp and wet to her hair being done and no blue on her. I was just mad. As I told Haley, it, it would have been better if they kind of left her hair a little bit damp and like mm. had some like blue smudges like in like different little parts as if she didn't get it all off and she had like cleaned up in the bathroom mm. i don't know i wanted to see her slowly deteriorate deteriorate until the very end where she doesn't even look like a teenage girl anymore because <laughs> that's what you would look like after this kind of adventure honestly yes very true <laughs> especially because i'm pretty sure she's wearing the same clothes from the moment that they wake up that second day all the way until the end or almost to the end but yeah, yeah. So you would think she would have that constant deterioration. That's a good point. I'm kind of I'm kind of irked now about that too. <laughs> but in this moment that they're outside in Melissa's now super clean way, M- Melissa basically explains why she's so upset with her dad and everything. But I I don't feel like she expresses it in the best way because she says things like. She packed and unpacked her her bag for weeks. She wanted this to be like the perfect weekend and everything. But she doesn't go into telling her dad about how left out she feels in his life. Like doesn't mention all the things that he's missed out on. All all the stuff that she's wanted to do with him and how he's always chose trip over, over her. But she says that whenever they're going to do things, you know who gets in the way. And the reason I highlighted the first thing of her saying... Trip isn't real, and the dad's saying he is real to him. In this moment, it's reversed, where the dad's like, 
Trip, he's a fictional character. Mm -hmm. You just said he was real, and now you're just going to say, oh, no, he's a fictional character because now it fits your your motive, your your argument. You can't do that. It's one or the other. And it's he's just so ignorant, and I hate it. But there's a little, another little funny scene of Skunk and Maurice pull, coming up wearing their cop uniforms, and like, freeze! And you get these little karate stances. And I just, I love it so much because it's, it's really ridiculous. They take the dad and Melissa and end up handcuffing them. And apparently Skunk wanted to handcuff himself yeah. to the dad, but Melissa puts it on first. And he's like, that's what's for my hand or whatever. And she's like, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> and so they put him in the back of their little uniform van. And Andre and, and Weez and all them end up seeing it happen. And they're like, oh no, this, this is actually really bad. This isn't good. And so they get in their vehicle and they chase after them. And I have to say, I'm kind of surprised that with as close as they are following Maurice and, and Skunk, that they don't see them behind them. And they end up getting to this spooky little place. I don't even know what it was supposed to be for. I do love how... It was how... an abandoned motel. Was it a motel? Wasn't it an abandoned I think it was an mo um, outdoor uh, theater. Well, they oh, had that yeah. there too. But that, what was that room they were in? The the concession stand room. Really? Yep. There's the middle of the thing is where they didn't sell the concessions. Oh, cool. Okay, yep. that makes more sense. See, I, I've I've been to a drive-in theater. And I've seen the I've seen. That's the where they also at the top they use the movie rows, and that's where they play them from. Concession stand is underneath. That makes sense. Very See, cool. I just kind of thought it was almost like an amusement park sort of thing. Mm. But I mean, I did notice the drive-in like theater, theater. Mm -hmm. stuff i don't know for some reason it didn't click as That's a driving home. theater but yeah that makes sense i do love how it's clap on lights though <laughs> and so it's in this moment that we get informed that the reason they've kidnapped the dad is because they want him to fix the book that skunk has apparently written we also get what i'm considering my favorite skunk phrase and basically maurice tells skunk to like you know, get ready or get the stuff or whatever. And Skunk says, holding a knife, mind you, there's no turning back, he said, as he stood on the line between good and Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason, uh, this is the line that I'm considering my favorite because I'm also going to tease one of our friend group about because I think he lives in Iowa. So it'll be fun to tease him about it because you're either in good or Iowa, apparently. <laughs> but... They, like I said, explained to the dad they wanted to fix Skunk's book and everything. And he says that could take months or years, even with like sitting him down in a, an office space and everything a and everything by the book. Space, yeah. Too. And all Marie says is, months, years, I don't care as long as you do it. Which kind of goes to your point of maybe they would have killed him. But the only reason I kind of go against that is because of what happens later whenever we go back to the hotel. Yeah. And that's the only thing that kind of goes against so, my thought of them trying to kill. Well, Maurice might have killed him, but Skunk, no. I don't think. You know what it, it might have been? They probably would have killed them if he didn't do the book. But if he did, they'd just let him go. Compared to... Do the book and die. Yes. Yeah. So anyhow. <laughs> the... I think Maurice was so determined to help his brother that he would have gone to any length. You know? Mm-hmm. So I do think their lives could have been in danger had they not cooperated. I guess that's a good point. And the dad does read the first chapter. And I love how the, the first sentence of the first chapter is, The sky was dark 
and the air was cold. And the man held the gun so tight, his fingers felt like cheese. cheese. Cheddar. <laughs> I, I swear, I don't, I don't know where Skunk gets his phrasing and writing ideas, but I want his tips because I want to write like him a little bit. It seems entertaining enough. <laughs> so after that, the next thing that we see is Skunk and Maurice watching a movie, and this is literally the perfect time for Melissa and her dad to make their escape. But they don't for reasons, and they decide to work on the book and do all that. But it's also here that Melissa reveals that she's read her dad's books. She just doesn't get dressed up and everything like everyone else tends to do. But she also says that, in her opinion, her dad cares more about Trip than her. Trip always comes first. And says that, uh, her dad says that it's not true. Uh, but based on what I've seen in this movie so far, and not to mention all the stuff that Melissa brings up about him missing her uh, dance recitals and not realizing that she won two book or report essays or whatever, writing contests. I'd have to say that is true. <laughs> that trip does come first, clearly. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to, you know, put all your resources and efforts into promoting trip and going to all your fan contests, even if you're supposed to be on a camping vacation trip with your daughter. And then there's also another phrase of Melissa asking her dad, why isn't she in the book? Why doesn't her dad write about her? And once again, I was like, just wait, honey, you about to find out. You about to find out. But. Was this the part too where he says, um, characters are supposed to be bigger than life. They're supposed to be able to do. That was painful yeah. for me. Like, usually I'm like, okay, what's her name in the movie? Melissa. Okay, Melissa, like, you're just whining, but that hurt me. Like, to have your father tell you that. Yeah. yeah like, your character's supposed to be big and important, so you're not big and important. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, he starts going off on all Tripp's accomplishments. He's got, like, three PhDs, he's a master in science. You could literally make that your daughter if you mm -hmm. wanted to. Yeah. You just decide not to. It, I don't know. I don't want to say it's necessarily sexist, but it's a masculine thing where he's like, I'm a man, I have to write about a man. Kind of thing. You think so? I mean, to a certain degree. Or, I don't know, I clearly don't know the father's thought process, right. but, I mean, it's just the fact that he doesn't, like, if Trip which he kind of reveals later, if Trip is, in fact, a representation of his daughter, you could just write about your daughter. Although, I will say, this whole kind of argument between a child and their parent, because of how famous a book is and everything, is apparently the same thing that happened with the writer of Winnie the Pooh. Because apparently, A.A. A. Milne, I think is the author's name, he wrote Christopher Robin, which is apparently, I think, his son's name. And his son's, like, toys, which were Winnie the Pooh and all that. And the books became all famous and everything. And apparently his son grew to hate him because of how famous they became. Because it, like, virtually, like, ruined his life, sort of. Wow. There's, like, a whole movie about it. But, yeah. Like a like, documentary? Like a fictional-based, like, narrative-based film. But that's my understanding of it. And I, I really want to watch that movie so I can get more context and actually read up on it. But that's, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Which... Dang. <laughs> Anyhow, in this moment, we get uh, the boys pretending to be their cops. So this is where their whole like lights and sirens come into play. And so Skunk and, and Maurice, 
decide they need to pack up and leave. They grab the, the father and, and Melissa, and they throw them in their van, and they run, and they dash off, to which the boys follow behind. And in the van, while they're in there, they decide to explain their critiques to Skunk. Apparently he has an exploding elephant in it, which I'd be intrigued to read about an exploding elephant, but also the fact that his dialogue is all over the place. Apparently it's too macho-macho manly. No one talks like that. And he's got no plot. No plot at all. So I feel like that's the first thing they need to do. Instead of Maurice telling the father that he needs to write the whole book, like take what is there and write a whole book based on Maurice's they need jumbleness. to skunks and put and have him actually create a plot. Yeah, like skunk. What do you want to happen? And then based around there, because then it would actually be skunk's, skunk's work. Right. Yeah, it might not be him writing it, but at least it's his ideas flowing into the page. Which some authors, especially if it's like an autobiography, will sometimes do that. Or a biography, they'll probably do that thing too. Anyhow, as they're driving away, they end up hitting a bump in the road, and this is finally whenever the M- Maurice and Skunk see that they're being followed by the boys and so they end up opening up the back of the vehicle and they start throwing clothes at them and they also turn off the the road and everything and they're on this bumpy little dirt no road area thing and it causes the boys to get stuck and then right after that maurice realized they're out of gas so they had to stop at the gas station to which melissa has the idea to go to the bathroom and they get to the gas station, and I love this, and I didn't think about this at first, but uh, Haley did mention that she thought this was a brilliant thing, of Melissa saying she is hot, so she put on a little, like, white lab coat-looking thing, goes to the bathroom, comes with the idea of, like, trying to figure out what is she gonna do to clue people into what's going on, where to find them and everything, and eventually realizes, first of all, that trip is all in her head, so her being mad at Trip is really just her being mad at herself, but also all of Trip's ideas are her ideas. And so she realizes she pulls out like one of the comic strip pages that's in the book. Also, I really want to read this book purely because there's comic strip parts in it, which I think is really cool. You know, <laughs> she pulls out a part of it and it says something about the presidential pickle or something like that. And so she circles the word presidential with her lip gloss, puts it on the mirror and then she ends up walking out of the bathroom once everyone's ready to go. And at first, whenever I see her walking, she has the, the toilet paper on her shoe. And I thought it was laughable at first. And then I got to realizing, oh, it's to like lead someone into the bathroom. And then she has a whole thing where she's like, I'm cold now. And then drops the coat onto the toilet paper, both to like kind of get it to get off her shoe. And also so that way it can kind of be hidden from skunk. And so they all get in the, the van and drive away. And not long after that is when the boys show up and they see the whole uh, lab coat and toilet paper, which leads them into the bathroom, where they find the note, and they're trying to figure out what it means. And Sheldon's idea is, Pickle Farm! <laughs> but then Andre remembers hearing that they were in the presidential suite, so they have to go back to the hotel. And it's funny how, and Haley kind of mentioned this, there's nothing about the lab coat and the toilet paper that should clue them that it's Melissa doing it. Because they never saw her with any of that stuff. I mean, I guess they could assume that it's from them because it's in the uniform truck. But the thing that does clue him that it's Melissa is he smells the the thing and it's, it's her watermelon lip gloss. And so while we're in the van, Melissa manages to convince them, um, Skunk and Maurice, I should say, that they need to go back to the hotel. 
That way they can have an actual place to write. And so Maurice is like, they're right. We need to go to the hotel. So they get to the hotel. And here is where we have our actual villain of the, the movie, Merv. Jason Earls himself. I really appreciated the way they played that out. Because we didn't know why she circled presidential until mm-hmm. they found it out. Until, like, the boys found it. And this was after she already convinced them to go to the hotel. Right. So I was just watching it like, what does all this mean? And then whenever they said the presidential suite, I was like, oh my god, she's a genius. (laughs) See, whenever she circled presidential, I figured it meant presidential suite. But I was like, what's that going to do for her? They're not anywhere near the presidential suite. And then whenever it switched over to the scene of her convincing them to go back to the hotel, I was like... That's why she did it. Now it makes sense. But yeah, whenever she first took it, I was like, okay, you're just going to leave me to the presidential suite. That's not going to help you out. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever they are back to the hotel, instead of taking them to their presidential suite, this is where Merv takes them to his room. His room. The presidential suite. The likely, likelihood of what the actual presidential suite is. And whenever they're in there, they're trying to figure out what... Merv's whole plan is with this, which he doesn't tell him at this moment. But she's looking around the whole room, and there's a a big poster of the Merc, now retitled the Merv, and it's much bigger and more fancy. And I was like, well, clearly he's trying to make money somehow. I don't know how he's gonna do it, but he's trying to make money somehow. I don't know what all this has to do with it, but he's gonna try something. And so they continue to get to writing, and we get to see the boys. They've now somehow ordered pizza and they're having their pizza delivery person deliver them to where they need to go which is genius like if i'm ever if i'm ever drunk and i can't drive anywhere i'm ordering a pizza and getting it delivered to my house and getting in with the pizza delivery guy (laughs) but the one thing i want to comment on which is a little like irritating for me is the fact that whenever we see those three boys with the pizza delivery guy it's nighttime and by the time they get into town it's daytime so that means they had to have been ordering the pizza at like, I don't know, maybe like four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how far away the towns are, but they don't seem like they're that far away from where they were to where they needed to be. Because Maurice and Skunk get to the town while it's still nighttime. So like, it, it can't be like that, that late or that far away. And, but I just find that very irritating that it's nighttime. Hey, it's daytime. I don't know. Anyhow. I love the pizza car. Oh, I love the car. Yeah, like, I've loved almost like every set set decoration in this film so far. Like the um, the place where they went, the drive-in theater. I love. Oh yeah, yeah. I love the hotel so much. I love the feel of like the room that they just went to, the presidential suite, quote unquote. <laughs> this whole whoever decided what the tone or like the feeling of it had a very clear vision and they like saw it all the way through i love it oh i i completely agree with that like i i don't have any problems with how anything looks or anything the main problems that i have are more i guess story based or yeah. continuity based that are more irksome for me and so like it's not a problem problem for me like what i rated this film on a scale of a one star to a five star i gave it a four star like i really like it i think this is great it's just certain things that i wish they could have like yeah and made a little bit better but the aesthetic alone puts this movie in a different category oh for sure i think the pizza thing is maybe the pizza driver was driving slow (laughs) (laughs) you know let's just give a reason why it can be day i mean there's multiple reasons why it could be day so just like how the 
suit company people didn't want to report their missing vehicle because Obviously, they didn't want to work. This, is a lazy this guy didn't town. want to work either. So yeah, okay. This is a lazy town, so Duh. Lazy town. The cops don't want to do anything. The suit people Okay, I'm and fine with when, that. And when is the part where the, they call the police again? The kids? Oh, that was whenever the more recent skunk had, had taken them. They had called they them called again. They called the police and... They the, still didn't believe. The deputy, I guess, the not the sheriff, but the deputy was reading the book. And yeah. they're like, yeah, he got kidnapped with floss and whatnot. Nothing. Yeah, they, they, they just, they don't care. They don't care at all. But anyhow, the boys do finally get back to the town. And also, we're, we go back into the room where we see Melissa and the dad are kind of finishing up sort of writing the book or they're getting more of it done. And what I will say is this scene right here is the one scene that I had seen before. And it actually taught me a little bit about writing in the sense that whenever they're talking about it, they're asking Skunk to describe a, a place and he kind of describes it, but they're like, no, you need to describe it more. Like let the people actually feel like they're in the room and Skunk's like, it was, you know, cold place and everything and it smelled like a bald man who hadn't showered in like weeks or something like that and of course Maurice is like I heard that and like that's better and I so I did not think it was better it's it was better description than, than originally given yes that's what I will say it's better than the original thing that he did he's like he's getting better at it like it's not the best thing ever but he went from like first grade to fourth grade a little bit mm. <laughs> but it at least like taught me, even though I haven't implemented it in my writing of book-wise, I should say, I haven't implemented it into my writing. It at least taught me to get to know how to better describe things for your readers. That way they can feel like they're there, which I think is actually a very good lesson. But also in this moment is where Merv comes back. Also, I love how he's always getting hit with the stinky, like, goo stuff that everyone is throwing at him. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... It's like they're just randomly throwing it. He just happens to be in the way. Anyhow, he shows up in the room, and this is where he reveals his whole plan of what he's getting out of it in the fact that he's going to sell the book, not as Skunk's book, but as Neil Morris's book. And not just Neil Morris's book, his, his last, last book. Yeah. And so that's where you're like, oh, crap, they're going to kill him. Well, Merv is going to kill him. Yes. To which I wanna, I'm curious about how, because he doesn't have a gun. At no point does he take out a gun, so it's not like he can shoot him. I mean, I guess he could strangle him or stab him, but... Throw him out the, the hotel window. That's fine. But, like, he doesn't have a weapon, so it's like, you can't scare him into doing it. Unless he threatens to throw the daughter off, which... I mean, did you not see how easily they got him into the van? At the very beginning? You're right. Uh. I, yeah, I mean, I guess... It's just so funny because, like, literally, no one has weapons, and yet they're doing what everyone who has no weapons is telling them to do. Like, you could just easily get out of it. I mean, those karate stances looked very nice. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be scared. <laughs> Anyhow, but th this is the moment where I, I keep on saying that I don't think Maurice and Skunk are as bad as we yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. Because they're even like, yo, we didn't sign up for this. So they weren't necessarily planning on killing him, probably if they didn't actually agree to do the book and everything but they weren't going to do the book and kill them unlike what merv wants to do is do the mm -hmm. book and i'm going to kill you anyway so he has maurice and skunk lock up uh melissa in, in the, the bathroom. bathroom which 
That's a pretty fancy bathroom. Though, I will say, to actually get him to ride, they should have taken her to another room. Because he, all she is in the bathroom, and then they're guarding the bathroom door. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they're not hurting her. She's just in a, the bathroom. Well, herself. I mean, they don't necessarily want... He, Merv doesn't necessarily want them to hurt her. Like, he just wants to... Right, but he wants the, her, the father to think that she is being hurt somehow. Well, he wants to know that she's still at risk. So they're just locking her up in the, like in another area and being like, look, if you don't do it, they're going to go in there and like kill her or whatever, I guess. But anyhow, <laughs> she she is trying to figure out how to signal everybody about what's going on. All the while, you have the boys gathering all the other Zoomers up outside to look for the signal that will be displayed to them. And I love how they, they get all their little water balloons filled up. They get all their little, like, squirt gun thingy-mobobbies filled up, all with this little goo stuff and whatnot. And they're just all posted up outside, just looking for the signal. Where's the signal going to be? Where's the zooming signal? And so finally, while Melissa's in the bathroom, she pulls down the shower curtain, writes the giant Z on the shower curtain, and throws it out the window, to which finally everyone sees and like, there it is! I love how Sheldon's like on top of the Where building. Where is going, it? Where is it? Give me I a hint. Where it. is it? Where is it, guys? Where are you going? Like, <laughs> I wish we could have seen like a rogue slingshot balloon hit him while he's still, like, <laughs> "Where is it?" Because they did all just start firing towards the building. Yeah, and I feel like one totally should have hit him too. I also Easily. feel like he should have known where they were going since they were all coming towards him. Like, yeah. just look at where it was. Yeah, you're right, but. Uh, Merv, for some reason, looks out the window and he ends up getting hit with all of the goo and everything. Mm. And then they start running for it. <laughs> yes. So they take them all and they end up going outside down a back way and they're trying to go up the steps. But as they're trying to go up the steps, all the kids have them like locked and loaded already and they're like all squirting them with the goo and everything. So they have to run back inside. To at this point, Merv's like, all right, I'll take the dad. You take the girl. We'll split up. So they split up. And then this is the moment where I became, oh, Home Alone vibes. Mm-hmm. Because as they're going up the stairs, Melissa gets away from, from Maurice and Skunk. And she, like, has this slippery liquid with her. And she, like, sprays it all over the stairs behind her. And then Maurice and Skunk end up slipping on it. And I was like, it's Home Alone! Oh, my God! Why didn't I piece this together sooner? Anyhow. <laughs> she ends up going down. And that's where Wheeze and the other boys are there waiting for her and everything. And so they go to go after her dad. And we see Merv and the dad come out the back way, and they're sneaking over to his car. And then I love how Sheldon just like appears. He's like, "Guys, come on, where are you?" And he turns around. There you are. Yeah. And here's. And everyone comes running out yeah. of nowhere. Like, how do they know where that is? All he said was, "There they are, kill them." <laughs> and then one hundred kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just surround the car, and then once again, just spray all of them with the 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 goo and everything. And I love how Merv's just like, "This is my." Suit, stop it! No! Obviously, he's not as bad as he could have been. Yeah. Because he could have gotten in the car and just run him over. Once again, I'm still confused as to how exactly he was going to kill the dad. Because none of what he's doing makes me think kill him. He got stopped by a couple kids spraying him with goo guns. Right! I don't know. (laughs) And then we also had seen that, that Maurice and Skunk were tied up with floss and everything. And they end up getting out of wherever they're being held. And they see Maurice making a run for it away from all the kids trying to escape. And then this is where Maurice and Skunk have a little bit of redemption. They untangle the floss to trip him up. Yes. And then we see the floss and I'm like, that's not floss. <laughs> that's not floss. That's too thick to be floss. Well, it was floss coated in some type of 
thingamabob. That was not fun. That was, <laughs> it was trip zoom floss. There, yeah. Trip zoom floss, you know. It, it makes sense. Really flosses. <laughs> <laughs> it gets all those those little nooks and crannies that you can't That's get. That's why it's so thick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so he ends up, he ends up, uh, Merv, at least, gets tripped up and lands in some trash pile of yuckiness. Coleslaw and, and probably some other stuff. Yeah, just nastiness. And then the cops show up and save the day. Finally. I was so mad. I'm really curious um, what actually, what call actually got them Because there come. was a protest. <laughs> yep, it was a protest. Mm. Cops can't have protests. It was a riot. Yep, it yep. was a riot. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of kids squirting goo at a building. We have to save the building. Vandalism. Vandalism. The rain's not going to wash it away. <laughs> Anyhow. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so, we go back and it's, I, I don't know if it's the same day or if it's like if it's later that day or if it's like the next day, but they're back in the convention hall and the dad is announcing the winner of the, the Zoom contest and says that the winners are Andre, Sheldon, and Weeze because they've shown that they're the most Zoom-tastic whatever. And then he has one more like celebratory-ness congratulations thing to give to and that's to his daughter who he reveals is the inspiration for the entire world being created so everyone claps and everything and now he has to go and actually go camping with his daughter and spend time with his daughter and so they walk out and i love how wheeze is like here's my number in case you want to and then finally this is like go out (laughs) and he's like yeah that once again, it was a very little cute scene. I love their little scenes together. They're very good together. And so they, you know, have their phone numbers and everything. And so all works out and they go off into the sunset. And yeah, great ending. So yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. This, I I hadn't, I hadn't seen them before as I revealed. I, I just had a lot of fun with it. But there is some trivia. I will say at the end, they were doing those little scenes. I kind of wish they were bloopers. But they were not bloopers. Yeah. And one of the kids actually said what he was spraying at them. It was grape grape soda. Was it? Did yeah, he, say he said grape soda. I don't remember that. But one of the things that those little blooper scenes did. It wasn't really bloopers. Well, but. what those scenes did for me is whenever they got to the car wash, uh, Merv and Melissa, there's a shot looking at Merv and he has this like gold thing down his his jacket. And I was like, is that bird poop? And I was like, maybe it's just a pin. Mm. He's not reacting to it. But in those like final scenes, they're in they the car and they show, show like bird, bird poop, poop hitting. And I was like, it was bird poop. I was right. <laughs> so that's the, that's the one thing that, that, that those scenes gave to me. But there is a little bit of trivia in that, as I already mentioned, Mr. Walsh, the teacher, Emily Osmond's dad, there is the whole, you remember how I kept on saying, okay, and I was like, You'll get that reference later regarding the dad being ignorant and everything. And he'd mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, we're about to leave. And I was like, okay. The reason I brought that up. Haley watched this before me. And she goes, I'll be interested in seeing if you can spot who the dad is, where you recognize him from. And I was like, okay. So I'm watching okay. the movie. <laughs> I'm watching the movie. And I was like, he doesn't look familiar. I'm not sure. And after the movie, I went to my letterbox and I kind of looked up 
his filmography on that. And on on Letterboxd, all they gave you is movies to to record and and review and everything. And the one thing that I saw that he was in was Father of the Bride. He's the groom and husband in that series of films. And I was like, I don't think it's that. I don't think Haley knows about Father of the Bride, so it can't be this. And so I was like, let me go on his IMDb. So I'm like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. He apparently voiced Superman in various DC like games and movies. And I keep on scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And then I see it. I was like, oh, this is it. He was in Friends. He was this mm-hmm. character known as Danny, who they also called Yeti they for a little bit. And he's very bland, is kind of how you would put yeah, it. Yeah, unaffected, and doesn't so, care. And so basically what happens is Rachel and Monica in Friends, they end up spraying him with like a bug fog spray. And then they go to apologize to him. And all he goes is, okay, and closes the door. And they like knock again. They're like, we don't think you get it. Like, we're, we're just, we're really sorry. Okay. And like, that's all he does. Okay. And like, just stop. Like, that's the end of this conversation. They're like, will you stop saying okay? And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's where I know him from. Also, some of the things that I knew him from, and I realized that I knew him from these things once I went and looked it up. He's also in Adventures in Babysitting. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with Elizabeth Shue, where nope. she takes the kids. Well, she doesn't take the kids. She has to go and find the kids and stuff like that. But he's in that. He's Elizabeth Shue's, like, love interest in that film. And then, obviously, as y'all two kind of mentioned, this is just a big, like, conglomerate thing for just all the Disney Channel stars. So we have Emily Osmond from Hannah Montana. There's David Henry from Wizard Waverly Place. There's Moises Arias from Hannah Montana. There's Phil Lewis from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and Sweet Life on Deck. And then there's also, as I mentioned, Jennifer Stone, even though it's just her voice. She's from Wizard Waverly. So it's like literally like everyone in here is from some other Disney Channel movie. I think even, who was it? I think it was the guy who played Skunk. I think he was also in like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody at one point. Or one of those other decoms. Oh no, it was uh, Sheldon. He was in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody for an episode. And what I find interesting about Sheldon is the actor, his name is Denzel Whitaker. So you would think, Forrest Whitaker's son. Or, yes. or Denzel's son. <clears throat> it's neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> He's apparently named after Denzel Washington. Uh, he was also in movies with them. He was in The Great Debaters with Denzel Washington, where he also played Forrest Whitaker's son, and apparently also played both a younger version and the son of Forrest Whitaker in oh. Black Panther. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he did well. Yes, very well. And then he was in a whole bunch of other things as well, like Training Day. Uh, all, he was apparently in All That for a couple episodes. And then... Uh. <laughs> i think i just saw him on all that the other night <laughs> really like like the classic all that and all that uh-huh. oh where are you watching that it's like on pluto tv or mm-hmm. something i need i need to find the nickelodeon channel to watch that on pluto tv yeah i do miss I, I miss classic all that and then there were a couple of people who were in american pie movies so as i kind of mentioned to Haley, jason earls before he was even on hannah montana he was on American. He was in American Pie Presents Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. He's like the kid that plays oh, like yes, the sax. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Which I find just insane. And then he's also in National Treasure. He's he's uh, Thomas Gates. He's like the great grandfather, I think, of Nicolas Cage's character in the National Treasure movies. And he's also in Kicking It, yeah. which is another film or series, I should say, series. Mm-hmm. where he's playing an adult. And I'm like, 
you're not an adult. Stop it, you. <laughs> yeah, and because then, she's the sensei. Yeah. You know Jana Godchall yes. wrote on that? Wait, what? Yeah. Shut up. She's got a credit for writing on that. Oh my, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Go Jana. I'm very, I'm, I'm going to have to go like watch the episode or episodes that she wrote on just to see like how she did. Interesting. So me and Trevor were both in a web series by the more of the same writers from Kicking It. Which I think is really cool. I still need to watch. Like I've seen it. I've seen the images moving. I just haven't gotten to listen to it. So I haven't gotten to fully immerse myself in the acting. But from what I can tell, Haley does a good job with her, you know, movements and her facial reactions. Interesting. All right, then. Yeah, I definitely have to go look this up. So then the other person that I really want to bring up is the cop, the main like sheriff person. He's played by Joey Miyashima. I think is how you say his name. And he was in a few things like Karate Kid Part 2, The Paper Brigade, Con Air, Meet the Deedles. But the two things that we definitely know him from, he was in Double Teamed. He was the coach in Double Teamed. Mm-hmm. And he was also the principal in High School Musical and High School Musical 3. You mean two? Because we haven't seen three yet? Well, he's not in oh, two, okay. but what I'm okay. saying is he's in okay. those. But he's in the first High School Musical for sure, which we have seen. And... You're right, because we haven't didn't actually see any principal in two. Yeah, because they're only in school for like two seconds, and yeah. then they're gone. They're, it's 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 summer vacation. But yeah, so those are like some very interesting things that I, I saw with this. Also, for you, Haley. Yo. The guy, Sammy, so that's the guy who was on the the thing that he came down in front of Emily Osment and then he had the machine that, that broke and everything, but also maybe worked. He is in another movie, which is apparently your favorite movie, Hatching Pete. Oh, really? Yes. That's not my favorite movie, well, but you I did talking. enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if this character means anything to you, but he played drum major Skyler. Nope. But whenever we get around to talking about that, you can tell us all about how much you loved it. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, those are... Just little trivia things that I found out about this. Also, the director of this is Paul Hohen. For me, he's got like a 7.5 rating when it comes to his DCOMs. Of the ones that we've seen so far. That could change it as the more we watch. But he did Luck of the Irish. He did True Confessions. And he did Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off besides this. Plus like a few other ones. And I gave all of those either a 7 or an 8. So he's doing good in my book. Let's go to our kind of final thoughts and things on that so Haley, what were your overall thoughts with this film do you think it's a nostalgic film at all what do you got okay so i can't say it's nostalgic simply because like i wouldn't have even remembered this existed if you had brought it up like to me it's kind of like one that slipped through the cracks Mm -hmm. but it's still so good and i wish it was nostalgic i wish it would have gotten the recognition it got even if not just for the cast, but for the directing, like it was really fun and entertaining to see. Even if the story sucked, like just looking at all the sets and the hotels and the wardrobe was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really disappointed that it didn't do better. Like I don't know where they went wrong with marketing or the time they released it, but I enjoyed it. It was really fun to see Emily Osment as like young again since we've been watching her like as an adult now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's not nostalgic, but I wish it was. What I can tell you with regards to it failing, so it probably didn't do numbers that you'd want like a really good decom to do, but apparently it beat out 
a movie that was on Nickelodeon that premiered the same day by like 39%. Oh yeah, Nickelodeon movies never do well. What was the movie though? <laughs> I don't remember. I like I looked at I think I have a screenshot of it. Let me see. Uh, I used to love the Nickelodeon movies, but they never they like would play once and then you'd never see them again. There's no screenshot. So not as good as Disney movies, which I don't know what it is. Like I don't know why they don't just play them over and over like Disney does until you have to watch them. Hmm. I guess I moved away. I definitely took a screenshot, but I don't remember what it was, but I saw it on Wikipedia. I can text to you later. Okay. But uh Kyle, your thoughts? Is this nostalgic at all for you? I'd say in the future it would be nostalgic. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I didn't I didn't remember it. Like as soon as we see the car rushing, I remember who the villain is, but that's about it. Um, <laughs> it was very fun and entertaining. Though I wish, for me, it didn't feel like it drug on. Mm-hmm. For me, it felt longer than it should have been for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and then the thing with the the uh, the floss at the end is kind of <laughs> weird for me. You and this floss. I, I think don't. I also think it could have been easily broken out of. I'm telling you, if someone wraps you in floss like a lot of times, I don't think it's as easy. You know the zip ties? Uh-huh. Those are easy to break. I mean, if you because know how, you, if you know you how to break it, them, sure, yeah. Yeah, so I don't see... I don't know. Have you ever broken zip ties, though? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like, if you know how to do it, it's easy to do. Yeah. But if you don't, then it's probably really hard. I just thought it was... Yeah, I probably didn't do it. I just thought it was one of those things where, like, you've seen the videos, and you're like, oh, it's easy, because there's this video where you can apparently just break an apple in half. I've never seen that. It looks super easy, <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's not possible. You know what we should do? I think for one of our Instagram posts, we should do an experiment of tying you up in, in floss, floss yes. and, seeing, and seeing if you can break free of it. I'd be I'd be curious. Okay. I will I will legitimately go to a convenience store or a pharmacy and I will buy a big thing of floss. I will tie you up and be like, all right, Kyle, get out. <laughs> uh, you can't just tie me up. like You can actually tie me up. Exactly like they were tied up. I know. I okay, know. Okay. I'll, I'll even rewatch it just to see if I get it correct. All right. Anyhow, <laughs> for me, I can't say that the movie itself is nostalgic because this is clearly like my first time watching it besides like the one main scene. But I can tell you that this film gave me nostalgic feels from all these other movies mm-hmm. that I mentioned. Like I said, that famous Jet Jackson. Every time it would flash to her arguing with, with Trip uh, Zoom and everything and it would do those ju- Dutch angles and everything. I was like, Famous Jet Jackson. I love this. I would get the feels of the whole uh, uh, Galaxy Quest, like I mentioned. I'd have the feels of watching Home Alone with with our skunk and Maurice. So I had that nostalgic feel to it. So for that, it gave me all the nostalgic feels, weirdly enough, even if it wasn't for this movie. And I appreciate it for that. I can say, though, there are certain like lines of dialogue and scenes that play out in this movie that I can remember seeing in like a promo or a trailer for it. Like I said, the uh, Moises Arias line of him going, feisty, I like it. <laughs> so it's just like little things like that. And then I think also whenever uh, Merv's car goes into the car wash and he goes, my car! I think I remember seeing that in like a trailer or promo as well. So yeah, it's just like little things like that that I, I just remember and I have those flashback feels to that. And yeah, I just everything about this, I liked. It all clicked for me. The only thing personally I would change is little nitpicks here and there that just kind of don't work for me continuity-wise. At least for me, that I think is a continuity plot hole. But anyhow. 
Alright guys, those were our thoughts and opinions on Dadnapped. Let us know what you think. Are you a huge fan of this film? Do you think that this is a nostalgic film at all? Do you, do you think that this isn't as beloved as it should be? Do you think it's a terrible film? Do you think we're just completely ignorant and wrong with our opinions on what we said about it? Let us know. And also, as Haley mentioned, do you know what a colander is? Mm -hmm. Or do you just do like me and Kyle and call it a strainer? Let us know. You can follow me on all social media at Tyler92. Kyle. You can follow me on no social media, but I'll say talk to you next week. Haley. You can follow me on Instagram at Haley underscore Anselm, but as usual, I would not recommend it. <laughs> and you can follow our podcast social media on Facebook and Instagram at NostalgiaDegums today. Next week, I'm really excited because we are going to be talking about a Lawrence Brothers classic, Jumping Ship. Now, Kyle. I'm sure you remember us talking about Horse Sense, mm -hmm. which for that one, it was just Joey and Andy. This one is throwing in their middle brother. Jumping Ship, from what I can remember, it's been a long while since I've seen this one, isn't like Horse Sense. Like, it's Those not as... the same characters. Same characters. Definitely same characters. It's not as dramatic as Horse Sense is. Like, you know how Horse Sense is more, like it's got the drama and everything, all that. It has a little bit of it, but it's also more adventure-based. Mm. And you'll understand why whenever you watch it. But yeah, so tune in next week to hear all of our thoughts on that. And until that next time, I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.